This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I am your host, Timmy VO, here with Kevin and Will, and we're going to talk about the defensive side of the football on this upcoming draft with the Carolina Panthers. Um, we're also going to talk about one CMC getting that money that he deserved. Haters, you're not going to like this podcast. Don't so go ahead, go, go ahead and get get ready. All right, get get your hate juice. Right, get get some of your disgruntled cookies because because uh, we're about to <laughs> we're about to keep it 100 with you. CMC is a bad man. Right, we got two players for the price of one. So shut your mouth. Anyway, and we're also going to talk about the uh, 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 Russell Akun. Akun, thank you. A Russell Akun interview. We're going to talk about that, and uh, we're going to keep we're going to keep it real with you, folks. Not a lot, of, not a lot's going on right now, obviously, because of the uh, SARS COVID nineteen situation. Um, but you know, there is some movement still going on. One being the draft, and you know, some things behind the scenes here at the Carolina Panther uh, franchise. So. We're going to bring it to you four-man rush style. So let's go ahead and talk about one CMC. Let's talk about that dude that has done what only two other running backs in the history of the NFL has ever done. Let's talk about that dude, shall we? Can't believe people talking mess about CMC not, 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 not earning that kind of money. He's not, he's not the best in the league. Man, Lord have mercy. If I had the time, I would, but I don't. <laughs> but, hey, fellas, let's, let's go ahead and jump on this, man. Kevin, we're going to start us off on the CMC's contract, um, the ins and outs, and uh, what you think about this. Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to defer to Will because Will got that fire. Yeah, go ahead. The, 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 the goofballs about it. So let me fall off Will's heat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, Will, matter of fact, once you, once you mention what you mentioned earlier on the uh, IG Instagram Live. Oh, first and foremost – you know, let's, let's up front, it's just a very vocal minority that opposes this contract. Most of Panther Nation is on board with it. If you were to ask a thousand Panther fans, I'm sure 75% would be in full approval of it. You just have a vocal minority, 25% against it. No one's ever going to agree on everything, but I just think when, you know, people are so vocal and have that much of a voice, it kind of gets overblown. The controversy of it gets overblown. I don't think this was controversial at all. I'm not surprised by it. We never addressed it on the podcast because we thought it was a foregone conclusion. I mean, it just made too much sense. You know, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott got $15 million a year. He's never had a 1,000 yards rushing and a 1,000 yards receiving. He doesn't bring the value that Christian McCaffrey has as a receiver. So the contract at $16 million makes sense. And personally, I think it's below market value. I mean, Spotrack valued him at $18 million. And if you think about what his value is on the football field, it's a starting running back plus a uh, number two receiver. So you kind of got to combine the two positions in determining what the market value of his salary is. You know, I just never understood why fans are so obsessed with what another man that's putting in his pocket. I mean, are you going to sell your house for below market value? So why should CMC accept anything less than his market value for the work that he puts in? and will continue to put in throughout his career. I understand the argument of not wanting to pay running backs. It's the most replaceable position, yada, yada, yada. 
you know, it's based on history. But, you know, I think in this case, he just brings more to the game than just being a running back. I think Panther fans, you know, the ones that were there, some of them are new. But, you know, we've gone from Dan Henning to, you know, Chud to Mike Shula to North Turner. You don't know what an experienced play caller looks like if you're a Panther fan. Let's be honest. You know, Joe Brady is probably the most innovative offensive mind that we've had, you know, maybe that we've had. So I think Rot Rule and Joe Brady have a vision. They want Christian McCaffrey to be a part of this vision. It's going to be a six-year deal, essentially, because you're going to have his final year of his rookie contract, the fifth-year option year, and the four-year deal kicks in. So it's in line with Matt Rule's contract. It's going to be six to seven years. It's in line with how long Joe Brady's going to be here during that four-year window. So just sit back and let the coaching staff pick the players they want and let, you know, let the process play out. You know, it may work out, it may not, but, you know, I'm just at a wait-and-see mode right now. It's something new that we haven't had before with this college coaching staff, this innovative offensive guy running the show. You know, all you can do is just sit back, wait, and let these guys play out instead of trying to nitpick and cherry-pick every single move they make like you know better than them. Mm. So overall, it's a good signing. You know, don't let people tell you otherwise, no matter how vocal and disrespectful they try to get with you. Mm. Good point, Will. Kev? Yeah, well, for me, as as someone that, I have to be honest, when I go back to 2017, um, I I was madly in love with his uh, teammate per se, Solomon Thomas. I, uh, you know, with me being a hall, <clears throat> a hall Molly guy and liking the trenches and, uh, you know, I definitely wanted to, uh, you know, I definitely wanted to add. So in, in 2017, I wasn't against Christian McCaffrey, but I wasn't exactly, uh, you know, uh, pounding the table for him at that particular time. But once we did draft him, um, I was never upset, bothered by it. I remember seeing him a lot in college, uh, stand up late watching Pac-12 games, uh, you know, when they had primetime games. Uh, of course, uh, I liked his father as a player uh, when he was a wide receiver for the Broncos, uh, Easy Ed McCaffrey. Easy you know, Ed. For you old, yeah, yeah, for you old heads, Easy Ed, you know. Um, heck, I think I even seen on Undisputed, Shannon Sharp, you know, had a picture of uh, McCaffrey sitting on his lap as a kid. So, you know, uh, me personally, I've never had any uh, issues uh, with McCaffrey. I I, I like the fact that he's pretty much this contract just proves that he has dispelled every myth about him up to this point. You know, when he was drafted by the Panthers, oh, he's too small to run up the middle. Yet he has one of the highest yard per carry averages between the tackles in the league. Oh, well, at his size, he's going to be injured. Christian McCaffrey has played. Out of 48 regular season games, he's played in 48 regular season games. You know, uh, a lot of these other running backs that they that are that he's compared to or as being elite, all of them has missed some some form of significant time uh, based on injuries. So, you know, just a miss about Christian McCaffrey. He's he's pretty much been laying to rest. You know, with his play. You know, he's he's not he hasn't been really vocal like that. He just let his play speak for him on the field. You know, and his play helped him to get that pay. And, um, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm definitely excited for him for this opportunity to, you know, secure his first big contract uh, for him to live the life that he wants. 
you know, he's got a beautiful, you know, beautiful model girlfriend, no kids. So he about to live his best life. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, when we look back, you know, a few years from now, when likely Saquon Barkley become the first $20 million running back and, you know, Dalvin Cook may try to force Minnesota to pay more than McCaffrey, we're going to be looking back and be like, he's still putting up better numbers and we're getting them at a better rate. I feel like that's what it's going to be down the line. Now, that's not to knock the talent of these other guys. I just feel like with uh, with Joe Brady around for at least the next three to four years with the pieces that we're assembling, I, I see that even with less touches, I think McCaffrey is going to you know get more production because we're getting to the point now where you can't just really zone in on just him like you did in 2019. You know, with 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 no Cam and a, and a and a pretty much a rookie quarterback with Kyle Allen with one read ability, you know, it was just pretty much all right. Let's you know, let's 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 wear out McCaffrey. But overall, as far as his uh, contract goes, uh, you know, it comes out to basically starting the twenty twenty season, six years, seventy five million dollars. Uh, when you do the math on that, I mean, you know, everybody likes to you know to do the averages. It really comes out to about what. The next six years, he's going to average about between 12 and 13 million. Let's just go ahead and round up and say 13 million. So for the next six years, you're going to get a player of Christian McCaffrey's talent on an average for about $13 million a year. Come on, man. That's you, you can't get no better than that. And that's with him having the largest contract, um, largest contract uh, for a running back at his position. So um, overall, you know, for those that's upset about it, and I know a few of you listen that are, uh, you know, just just sit back and enjoy the show. Um, I'm not telling you that we're firm believers that now that this is going to be signed, that that's going to make everything better. No, not at all. I mean, if you look at the history, you know, rarely have elite running backs getting paid equal a championship. Mm-hmm. You know, rarely has, you know, running backs that got the uh, Russian title equal a championship. Uh, but then again... As I stated earlier, Chris McCaffrey has done nothing but break myths and trends all his life. So I'm just saying, have faith, have confidence, keep an old mind, and definitely stay tuned. Because, you know, when Chris McCaffrey does what he do, does what he does, best believe four-man rush is going to be on the front floor, you know, breaking it down for you and showing you guys why he's worth every single penny that he just got. Mm-hmm. And for all you haters... For for all you haters, and I know, like I mean, like Will said, I'm sorry, like Will said, there, there's not a lot. I mean, it's a fringe. It is, right? I think it was like 70, 70 some odd percent of Panther fans polled agreed with the uh, contract. Um, everybody's happy with Christian. He's a stand-up dude. He doesn't do dumb shit. Comes from a great family. I mean, say what you want, folks. On top of all that, he's one of maybe two running backs that can do what they do. So, I, I mean, I, I'm i not knocking, you know, these other these other great running backs. You know, Saquon, when he's healthy, he is an absolute monster. I mean, he can catch the ball a little bit, sure, but, you know, he's he's, he's, he's a monster. And, you know, these rest of these gentlemen out here, you know, um, Cook and um, Henry, those guys. But, you know, I wouldn't trade Christian McCaffrey for anything right now. Just based off of what he did last year, you, there there is no way in the world you can convince me that there is there are two running backs better than this dude after what he did last year with that O line. Stop playing games, folks. 
This man is for real. We have a once in a lifetime talent. And I'm going to be real with you. That's another reason why Cam's gone. I'm, I'm just going to be real with you. You, you. you don't have something like that, right? You don't have that type of production and, and cry about a quarterback that hasn't played in two years. Practically. You don't. Christian McCaffrey is an absolute stud. That's why he got paid that way. Enjoy the show, like Kevin said. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Get yourself some popcorn. Have, have get, get a can of cheese whiz, you know. Hammer it on down, man. Go get yourself some saltine crackers. Enjoy the show. It's a problem, man. Folks don't know how to enjoy the show. I mean, you talk about that vocal 25%, quote-unquote, minority. You know, they're just so... You know, they, it's, you know, social media just gives everybody a voice and they yeah. have strong opinions towards certain things and yeah. they get followers and then the, just the likes and interactions and all of this go in the radio sees the topics that are the hot topics that they can pinpoint to get more listeners and the journalists see the hot topics that they can use to get the most clicks and the most views. But no credible analysts, no credible insider, no credible source ever mentioned the possibility of a CMC trade. It was a social media created, you know, fake storyline. I'm like, why is this an issue when no credible source is reporting it? And then showing up, once the news comes out that he's extended, now everyone's acting upset. I'm like, this was never a storyline in the first place. You made it up. This was a narrative y'all created and now you're upset that it didn't come to fruition. How about you just stop making up fake storylines and mm. watch the process play out? Then you won't be so upset when things don't go your way. Mm. Any questions? And, and to add on to that, you know, and I had shared with you guys, you know, these contracts starts happening uh, shortly after Valentine's Day. So it took, took right about two months to, uh, to close this deal. Uh, you fellas can, you know, Feel free to verify with me, but, uh, you know, my sources are pretty much about like Steph Curry at the free throw line. They're shooting about, they're hitting about 90%. So when when it was, you know, all these rumors and I had people in my inbox, man, Kev, they're going to they trade McCaffrey. And I, I, you know, I had to keep a tight lip, you know, until, you know, things, you know, went through or whatever. But, you know, in my mind, there was, there was maybe a 5% concern that he could, uh, possibly have been uh, have uh, been traded, but you know the, the negotiations you know went well, and uh, I'm just glad they got a deal done. You know, people were thinking that he was about to hold out, and you know all this stuff like Ezekiel Elliott, you know, who did get signed in August, and you know thanks to you know this new ownership under Mr. Tepper and uh, our new capologist, you know, you know we got this thing done in two months. So you know, just shout out to the to the new regime for you know, take care of players and making sure that both the team salary cap and the player under the salary cap are both satisfied. And and I just like how I just like so far uh, with all the, the players that we signed this year and we just deal with McCaffrey. Uh, I don't know, Will, if, if it came out on Twitter yet, the breakdown of the numbers guaranteed or whatever. But, you know, at any way, like I said, um, six years, $75 million for McCaffrey. I'll take that. Yeah, what they reported so far is that average annual value sixteen million, and over half of it's guaranteed. 
So it's going to be over 30, uh, was it 64? So over $32 million of guarantees, guaranteed mm. money over the next, uh, over that four year term. Mm. So I think now they're just trying to work out the structure. That should be released probably by the end of this week, hopefully. And we'll get that to you as soon as it does. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm going to go out there and say he's going to hit $40 million guarantee. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that, he's, he's earned it, you know. Um, uh, you know, see, be interested to see how the signing bonus work out. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'll put myself out there and say McCaffrey get right at $40 million guaranteed out of the $64 million he signed for. Yeah, like you said, he, he'll earn every bit of that shit. Every bit of it. Really like that kid, man. I, I, I kind of hope I get to meet Christian one day, man. He's 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 like a stand up dude. Um. So anyway, moving on. Well, the the interview. I I I, I didn't hear much about that, Kev. Um. Well, the uh, the interview we we're talking about, folks, is the uh, interview with uh, Mr. Okun. Um. So uh, what went down with that, that interview, uh, uh, Mr. Avery? Yeah, well, as far as the interview, what it was is that, you know, with the, you know, with the pandemic and everything, with the, uh, uh, the COVID-19 and everything, you know, Russell O'Connor's deal and everything was finally finalized and he was finally able to uh, make his way out here to uh, to the uh, Charlotte metro area, mm-hmm. uh, I, I read that he uh, he had a friend that actually had a uh, a uh, condo to uh, for him to check into. So that's where him and his family currently stand at mm-hmm. uh, right now at this point in time. So you know, hey, it's good to have uh, friends in new places that'll look out for you. Right. Uh, but basically, uh, with Russell Cone, it was his first, as you know, video teleconference. Um, you know, conference call that he had. And, you know, he's just pretty much making it known that, you know, he's come here to Carolina to, he's not coming to rebuild. He's looking to uh, play competitively. He's looking to win off gate. And, you know, as a fan, that's good to hear because we've been, we've been conditioned to think that, you know, it might take two or three years for, for the, uh, the winning to come back. And it's a possibility it could, but when you got players that are coming here and trying to, you know, with, come with that too late. Um, I'm gonna do my part to make sure that we win now. It's, it's definitely refreshing here. So you know, just some of the things from his uh, presser that he was talking about was that you know he just has a lot of confidence and trust in the offensive line coach that we have here, uh, who was his offensive line coach in uh, in with the uh, with the Chargers. Uh, the name of that coach, uh, I forgot what his name was. Uh, Oh, yeah, Pat Meyer, uh, who came in February after spending the last three years with the Chargers. Well, Russell Lacombe spent the last three years with the Chargers. So uh, they've known each other the uh, for, you know, for that length of time. And with Lacombe having one year left on his current contract, uh, this would definitely be a chance for him to show and prove and lock things up. Me personally, being a Lacombe fan since he was in Seattle, uh, I'm looking for him to uh, – Play very well, secure the bag, and and be our solidified next tackle for the next several seasons. Uh, I'm just gonna be honest. Nothing against uh, Greg Little. You know, if Greg Little don't like it, you know, he need to outplay a coon for it. You know, <laughs> hey, let made the best man win. But overall, though, um, I, I just like the mind frame from this press press conference with a that 
He's looking to also help uh, players like Greg Little and Dennis Daly. He mentioned us specifically uh, that it was asked to him to by his offensive line coach to share his knowledge, let him know the how you know how he does things, how he's going to teach, and he looks and he seems very excited to uh, once once um, the circumstances allow the team makes to get together to really be able to know gel and understand what they're in for, you know, how the schemes work, you know, the ins and outs. So I like the fact that not only is he a talented player with something to prove, uh, but he's definitely excited about not only winning, but also helping his uh, new teammates. So I definitely think that Russell Cohn is going to surprise a lot of uh, the doubters here in Carolina because, uh, you know, Many doubt his ability, you know, because he had some injuries in 2019. But from, you know, pretty much 2015 to 2018, you'd be hard-pressed to find five better left tackles in the league. So, uh, once again, you know, say some of that CMC hate and then <laughs> haterade and, and also, you know, pour a little bit in for a coon because uh, I think he's going to definitely uh, dispel a lot of disbelievers and show that he's definitely – was worth trading for and solidifying the left side, something we haven't had since Jordan Rose back in 2013. Mm. Will? Yeah, Russell Okun's uh, grown on me since the last time we talked about him on the podcast. I think mm -hmm. back then, you know, we were just kind of concerned right. about the vision of the team. You know, all of us love Trey Turner. You know, he's, you know, he was that dog that mm -hmm. brought that attitude to the old line, but, you know, as time goes on, you just start to see what Okun's all about, who he is as a person, what he brings to the table, why they did what they're doing. And you just like what you're hearing. He has continuity with the coach uh, that he's, uh, was with him in L.A. I think they were uh, L.A. or San Diego. I think they were L.A. by that time. They, um, he was a teammate with Matt Paradis in 2016. Matt Paradis was the center in Denver, and Russell Okun was the left tackle. And they were very good together, unfortunately. You know, they drank the Trevor Simeon Kool-Aid, so the team didn't go anywhere after they won the Super Bowl. But, you know, they were a solid unit together back in uh, 2016. Um, and I just think he just had an unfortunate um, health condition last year that just kind of slowed him up, and that's why he had his worst year. But I think, you know, we complain a lot about free agent O-linemen coming off serious lower egg injuries and not being able to get back to their former self. Okung had a health condition, not a lower leg injury that'll limit him physically. Hmm. So I'm more optimistic in him being able to return to his high-level performance as opposed to somebody like Daryl Williams that had that knee problem and just never was the same player again. Hmm. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about him. I like what they did, the trade's grown on me. He's grown on me as a player. And he said he wants to play till, you know, 45 like Tom Brady. So maybe we have a franchise left tackle for five, six, seven, eight more years. So let's just see what he does, man. I love the fact that he's saying he's here to win. You know, guys in that locker room, coaches in that locker room, they don't tank. You know, that's not a concept that no. gets you to the level of a professional football player. That's the fan-made you know, front office made kind of concept. Those Shit. guys are going to go out, grind, fight, and win every day. And that's True. the culture you want in this locker room. So True. just see what they got, man. I'm, see what they bring to the table. I'm ready. Yeah, man. It'll be, it'll be nice when we solidify that left side. Maybe we don't have to worry about that for, for you know, a couple of years, three years. It'll be nice. 
It'd be nice. We can groom. We don't have to worry about that in free agency and or the draft too much. It'd be it'd be nice to shore that up. And that that type of leadership is hopefully is going to be infectious. I can I I I'm really I'm really excited about this man. I, I I can see the upside that's coming in that locker room, even though it's a whole changing of the guard. I can I can see. It's, it's, it's like it's like this, there's there's a forming going on, not just not just from the talent, but from like a, a just basically a basic philosophy that you get from rule and some of the players that are coming in to the franchise. Man, I, I'm 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 optimistic, man. I just I just hope we actually have a freaking season. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm definitely optimistic, man. I like Okun. I like that. Um, speaking of which, um, and new blood and things of that nature, we have a defense with a lot of holes. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the prospects and the positions that um, that that we've been looking at and researching um, in terms of you know plugging in those holes. So, Panther fans, hold on to your hats. It's about to be a dynamic breakdown of the def- defensive side of the football in this uh, this NFL draft of 2020. So, um, Kev or Will, who, who, who wants to go first? We'll start, and we'll start. I guess we'll start with the D, D, uh, D tackles. Then we we'll go to DN and so on and so forth. Yeah, let's start with the D tackles. That's what we want to talk about right now. Yeah, we're talking about the D tackles, let's bro. Go. You know, man. Look, let's go. I think, man, the D tackle position it all starts with one man and one man only. That's mm. number five, Auburn Tiger Derek Brown. Mm-hmm. I mean. He was on my radar his junior year. He was a little inconsistent up and down. You know, that didn't happen senior year. He took off. He was consistent, dominant. Dominant. You know, he understands leverage. He's strong. He's a bull. I mean, he just, you know, he runs, he takes on double teams. He takes on triple teams. He can play three tech. He can play five tech. He can play zero tech. You know, versatile guy. Um, I think he's pa- underrated as a pass rusher. When you look at his stats, he had one of the top pass rush win rates at the position. You know, getting to the quarterback in two and a half seconds or less. You know, he's not little fan. He's not a cutie pie with it. You know, he doesn't use the. <laughs> he can still evolve as far as using his hand technique and spins and footwork. You know, but he'll work with Kawan Short, who's probably got some of the best hands for a guy that size I've ever seen. Nice. So I mean, just put him in that room with KK Short. Let him work on that hand technique and see. You know, will a great player become elite? So Derrick Brown, I think when you talk about the top players in this draft, I think you got Chase Young, you know, Joe Burrow, and Derrick Brown. You know, I mean, they're the top three players in this draft. He might drop to seven because positional value. They're going to take quarterbacks. Three of them will probably go before us, and one of those elite players, probably Derrick Brown, will be there for us at seven. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's public enemy number one. I think that if I were a betting man and I put money on who I think will be, get their name called, I think it'll be Derrick Brown. You know, the guy is just a beast, and he'll feel a need and be best player available. And you rarely get that, you know, in the draft. Numero uno is Derrick Brown. So, number two, we want to talk about um, Javon Kinlaw. He's also um, more of a pass-rushing defensive tackle, but still very stout, still strong, still a bull, you know. They say he's more athletic. He didn't test, though, so you can't really confirm that with anything. I think he's um, – I know some people have floated that he might go before Brown. I personally don't see it. I don't think scouts watching film have any D-tackle in this draft above Brown. But that doesn't mean Ken Law is a slouch. He's an animal, too. South Carolina guy, great backstory. 
you know, if you were to read up on him, you know, he came up the hard way, made it to where he is now, and he's just happy for him. He's going to finally get a chance to make it to the NFL and feed his family. So that's the, another guy that I could see possibly in the first round. Then you get a little bit of a drop-off after Brown and Kinlaw, but that doesn't mean that they're um, you're still good, solid contributors, rotational players, and maybe even starters, considering what we got there right now. I'm looking at uh, James Lynch from Baylor. He had an elite athletic score, highly productive at Baylor, mm. and has ties to Matt Rule. So, you know, a guy can play five technique, probably three technique. You know, maybe second round, third round guy, maybe. I think with the Rule connection, he might want to bring one of his own guys in there. Mm-hmm. I think another guy I like, I'll let Kev touch on some of these guys as well. I know who want to talk about Brown as well. Um, Neville Gallimore, I think he's a great pass rusher, great feet for his size. You know, if you don't get Brown in the first round or Kinlaw in the first round, mm-hmm. that's a possibility of a guy you can get on day two. Um, then you got later even. I mean, Leaky Fotu, you know, he's not the athlete that a Derek Brown or a Javon Kinlaw is, but you just want that hard-nosed, you know, run stuffer with pretty decent feet for his size. You saw him boxing <laughs> in a boxing ring and just tell you the kind of athlete he is. You know, he might be a guy that'll be there in the fifth round or earlier. Or Matt Rule may get his own guy, uh, Bravion Roy. He's not a very good athlete, so he's not going to go day one or two. Nobody does the dirty work, and he's stout, and he, you know, he'll take some of those reps, maybe 25, 30% of the reps, and give the guys a breather. So I think it's a solid D tackle class. I expect us to come out with a couple of them. Hopefully, the number one guy ends up in a Panther uniform. Definitely a position in need, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah, well, you know, I'm just, you know, I was just all teeth and gums over here listening to Will, you know, talk about <laughs> these guys. You know, I've been, uh, you know, like I say, trenches is what, uh, what me and Larry, we, uh, this is what yeah, we do. You know, uh, someone that's played both sides of the line myself, and I, I just really, uh, I don't, I'm just really excited about this class, man. I mean, mm-hmm. the depth for the uh, defense line, especially deep tackle, is tremendous. Uh, I just see like. You know, so many guys that we can get day one, day two, or day three that I think will make impact and definitely will contribute because the fact that we got coaches that are, like I said, are willing to teach and and uh, maximize because, as been previously stated, especially by Will, you know, Matt Rudin made it work with two and three-star players. Now he has access to, you know, the cream of the crop, so it's definitely going to be something worth seeing. But uh, just some of the guys that uh, Will did mention that I like that's definitely on uh, my radar. Um, starting with day two, uh, one of the guys that uh, I personally really was astonished at watching film was Ross Blacklock. Um, he's out of TCU, 6'4", 305 pounds. Uh, he's a red shirt junior. Uh, think of think of Gerald McCoy because that's his NFL comparison. Uh, you know, for those of us that go back that far to 2010, you know, Jeremy McCoy was drafted number three overall by Tampa. But this is someone that has that rare combination. Um, what I like about Blacklock is that he does a lot of things that Brown does. He's just not as, I guess, talented as far as the gifts are concerned. But, you know, we're talking about someone that can play um, the zero technique nose in, in a 30 front. Uh, he can also shade either side of the center, uh, like in a 40 front. Uh, he can play the three technique. 
you can play the five technique um, here as well. So, you know, any position on the offensive, I mean, all on the defensive line, uh, he's able to play. His hands are very violent uh, and disruptive. He's someone that uh, keeps good low pads. And, you know, he, he his explosion just really, really just stands out when watching the uh, watching the film on him. Now, if there's any concerns that I would have about him, it was that back in 2018, he did have an Achilles injury um, mm. that sidelined him. But the year before in 2017 and the year that he returned in 2019, uh, he's someone that easily stands out and consistently uh, dominates on the field, plays with a high motor. Uh, I saw him chase plays down from the backside after breaking a double team to still get in on the play. So he's just someone that I definitely uh, definitely think is worth uh, watching here. Uh, another guy that's very similar to him is uh, Justin Matabuki. Uh, he's out of Texas A&M, uh, 6'3", 304 pounds. Again, position flexibility is something that he does. He can, uh, you know, gap penetration is something that really stands out. If you line him up in a gap and told him, shoot this gap, uh, he's that guy that's, that's going to do it. He, I saw him split a lot of double teams. Um, I saw him also hold the blockers in place so that the linebackers behind him can make the play. Uh, so he's definitely someone that uh, really excites you. What I like about him is that don't get mentioned a lot with uh, defense alignment, particularly interior defense alignment. Um, he's a violent hitter. You know, usually linebackers and safeties are usually guys that come up with the ooh hits. But this guy right here, oh, when he hits you, you feel it. Uh, he He's the one that, you know, going to have you – having snot bubbles come out your face, you know, if he catches you at the right angle because his his quickness and his feet are something that you definitely uh, uh, definitely will enjoy. Um, another guy down the further, we're looking at potential day three guys here. Uh, you know, we already touched on on who I want, uh, Lakey Fotu, uh, but other guys out there, you know, with the connection to our coaching staff, uh, Rashard Lawrence out of LSU, uh, 6'2", 308 pounds. Uh, he's someone that has length and someone that has strength that definitely stands out on film. Um, he's also tough as well. Uh, he definitely is someone that he, he, he needs some refining, but you can see that his skill set really steps out. Um, he's able to someone that gets a lot of movement when he, when he, when he plays. He definitely can uh, hold his position. Um, he could play three technique. Uh, he could play five technique. So again, someone that can move around a little bit. Um, I definitely think he's someone that you know, with the connection, could could also possibly be an option here for us as well. Uh, now, me personally, I've been on the record saying I hope we, you know, since we're so depleted at defensive tackle, uh, I wouldn't be. It wouldn't bother me if we drafted three different defensive tackles out of this draft because I'm thinking two years from now, you know, come on, short contract going to be up and. You know, it'd be nice to have someone waiting that, you know, can just plug right on in. Uh, so some guys that I like day three for us. Uh, a guy that I've been telling you guys about, Benito Jones out of Ole Miss. He's he's kind of short. He's 6'1", 321 pounds. So think of Mr. Brown um, size-wise, but uh, got the strength of Medea. <laughs> That's what you see uh, with uh, Benito Jones. He's someone that uh, is extremely active. His first step um, is something that also sticks out. 
uh, his hustle is nonstop. Like you won't see him jogging too often on plays. He's he's always trying to get in on 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 making a play. Um, you know, he's just someone that has good hands and he's able to also play any position from A to D on the defensive line. So again, position flexibility. So uh, these are just three of the guys that I personally uh, like, along with the ones that Will has mentioned that I think would uh, um, would definitely be an asset to the uh, Panthers. I know, man. All right, so now I know we got Burns. We didn't keep Irvin now, did we? Nah, we didn't. Back to home. Okay. So we got Burns. <laughs> um, you guys feel like we're gonna we're gonna fill up the uh, DN position on uh, day one, day two? It's a good question. Um, we're not gonna get the. I mean, Chase Young's gonna be gone by the time we pick, so I, mean, I won't even address. We probably thought about him already. Yeah. So I don't. He's um. I don't think he'll be there. He'll be able to go to uh, Washington and. Unite with Ron Rivera. That's a kid at Ohio State. Um, yeah. Calavion mm. Chason from LSU is a, probably the next best edge in the class. Seven might be a little high there. So if you see a trade back situation and want to try to accumulate a second, first round pick, get to a mid and a late round pick, you know, he might be a guy they take. I mean, he's an athletic, uh, bendy guy, similar in style to Burns, you know, good pass rusher. And, um, you know, bends the corner well. He's got good hands, good pass rush moves. I think he's kind of um, good, great athletic profile, which is important to Matt Rule. So he's a guy that might shoot up draft boards as we get closer to draft day. But I think more realistically, if we go defensive end, it might be, you know, later in the draft. I know some guys like Gross Matos might be there. Penn State uh, edge rusher may be at 38. Um when you got guys like Anthony Jennings from Alabama, more of a project type guy. So you know, we'll see. I think if you look at our roster now, you got Burns, you got Marquise Haynes, you got Christian Miller. We just signed Stephen Weatherly to a two to a six million dollar two year deal. So they committed to him a little bit more. You got FA Obata if they go back to a four three and he can be that defensive end. So I think we got pretty solid depth at the edge position on the roster. Just young guys need to step up and make some plays for us. But on the alternative, you know, I think there are some guys that can step in and crack that rotation early. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's a position of urgency and I don't think it's a very deep edge class. Like say last year with Burns, Sweat, Josh Allen and Bosa type talent. But there's some solid guys that they may take a look at in the day two, possibly. Hmm. Kevin. Uh, far as uh, far as defense end slash edge uh, players here, you know, I'm out of my frame that I know a lot of people, uh, you know, want us to go back to the four three and heard uh, Matt Rule say that uh, we're going to be going back to the four uh, three. But when you watch the film of what we do, I still think we're going to still have some hybrid uh, fronts going on. So uh, when I think of the uh, quote defense end slash edge. Uh, position. I'm kind of looking at players that uh, can really, you know, hold it down. If we do go to four three, I know that you know Brian Burns is reportedly trying to add another 15, 20 pounds. Uh, I think his goal is to be around two hundred and sixty uh, pounds. 
Uh, I think last year he played at 245, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, he wants to gain size while still keeping his athleticism and his speed and his quickness. Uh, but, you know, some players that, you know, I kind of like um, here was like Curtis Weaver out of Boise State. Uh, he's 6'3", 265 pounds. Uh, he's someone that uh, I believe, I think, Will, I think you first mentioned um, to us back in the um, back in the four-man rush chat. Uh, but, yeah, he's someone that, you know, is possible day two, uh, may slip into day three, uh, would be someone that could play out of position. He definitely classifies as an edge, uh, the ability to play not only the three, four outside linebacker. Uh, and I saw on film where he did drop into coverage multiple times and made plays. Uh, but he can also put his hand in the dirt like a uh, 4-3 uh, DN. So, you know, I think that's someone that would be uh, a good fit for us. Uh, he has very good hands. Uh, they stay active and violent. He has a lot of counter moves. Um, he also has good football IQ as well. I know we don't mention that a lot, but, you know, having a football player that can process and analyze quickly and then use his physical tools to respond is definitely um, definitely a good thing, and that's something that he possesses. So Curtis Weaver out of uh, Boise State, uh, definitely a, a player to uh, keep an eye on. Um, someone that also stood out to me was that'll be available in day three is uh, Darrell Taylor out of Tennessee, 6'4", 259 pounds. Uh, again, someone that's very, very freaky athletically. Uh, his bend game, I'm not going to say is on the level of Burns, but it's, it's damn near close. I mean, this is a guy that uh, when he – you know, makes his move, he gets low and he gets up under and he is coming. I mean, his athletic ability is definitely in line with what, you know, Matt Rule says he like uh, in a player. Uh, he definitely is someone that converts speed to power very well, which is something that's important. Uh, he plays with a, a good clean outside shoulder. Uh, he definitely has some explosiveness. Now, as far as his run defense, he's good, but he can be better. Um, he definitely has to learn how to handle double teams when uh, he's lined up against the offensive tackle and a tight end comes over to double team on him. Um, that is something that he needs to work on. But again, these are things that he could be fixed up. Uh, going to be fixed up with some good coaching as well as, you know, developing, you know, in an NFL um, strength conditioning program. Uh, but he's someone that has the ability to also play not only as a uh hand in a dirt player, but stand up as an outside linebacker. So again, that uh, that's something that would be intriguing to us as we, you know, as I feel like that we're going to continue, you know, having this, having this hybrid style um, here. And um, finally, I'm going to talk about someone that, uh, Carnado, um, and I know he's going to be listening. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and that's the local kid out of uh, UNC Charlotte. So for all you, UNC Charlotte 49 alumni and fans. Go Niners. Uh, <laughs> you know, Niner Nation. Uh, Alex Highsmith out of uh, Charlotte, uh, 6'4", 242 pounds. Uh, this is a guy that, that when he get in the league, I think he has a very good chance to make a name for himself. Um, he's definitely someone that uh, he has great anticipation um, here. He, I think while he was playing, I think he only jumped off sides. Uh, maybe twice uh, for his whole uh, time playing uh, for the 49ers. So um, he's very well, he's a very disciplined guy. 
Um, he definitely gets his pass low. Um, he's someone that fights through the traffic and jump to get to the play. Um, he also, again, like he can play standing up or he can play with his hand down um, as well. Now, I know you think at 242, that might be kind of light. Well, yeah, it could be, but um, he definitely, you know, holds his own, but he, he has room to add to his frame. Um, like I said, he's 6'4", he's so uh, he's definitely someone that who came in as a walk-on and who's definitely made a name for himself. Just to throw some numbers out here to you, his career with the 49ers, uh, 75 tackles, 21 and a half tackles for loss, uh, 14 sacks and three forced fumbles. Um, earlier this year, which I ridiculed Clemson for when they played a game um, against Clemson, I, I forgot how bad Clemson blew these guys out the water, but uh, Dabble Swinney made sure that he came over um, and spoke with Highsmith and told him that uh, he was definitely one of the better uh, players that he uh, had seen. And um, he definitely said that uh, he definitely has a career in NFL. And when you got a national championship caliber coach uh, come to you and say something like that about you, I think that speaks volumes of what um, of, of his ability. So, um, yeah. So uh, Alex Highsmith out of UNC Charlotte is, uh, I, I, I definitely wouldn't mind a, a day three pick on him, not just because he's from Charlotte, but because he's talented. And I think his work ethic uh, to go from walk-on to possibly make an NFL draft at a school that's only had football for three, maybe four years. So uh, mm-hmm. I definitely see him as someone that, uh, could be an option on day three. Good deal, man. Yeah, go Niners. Love to hear good news from from a uh, fellow fellow 49er nation. The gang green, as they call them, and whatever. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, so let's um let's head over to the linebacker position, man. Uh, I'm, I know we plugged in um, at least one hole with that situation, and we, of course we still got Shaq and. We lost the the ever so great Luke Keekley. God, I, God, I, I did. Wow, that kind of just wow. <laughs> that kind of shook me a little bit. Like, damn, why? Right. Um, yeah, but we need to plug in uh, plug in another hole or two at least. Um, is Carter? Did we keep Carter? Yeah, we still here. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, him and Smith both in the uh, third year. They both were drafted in the. Uh... Uh, the 2018 class with uh with DJ Moore, so mm. uh, yeah, they're, they're at the infamous year three mark. Yeah, mm. uh, and uh, Miller is is he listed as a DN or as a linebacker? He's an on the ball linebacker, so edge. Edge, we gotta go. Cool, cool. Okay, so um, so I'm just 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 questions, just questions, just I'm setting it up. Um, so uh, Will, uh, linebacker position, what, what you got going on there, bro? Yeah, I know the um got a big. Panther Nation's got a lot of Clemson uh, fans out there, so I know the <laughs> fan favorite to take yeah. in this draft is probably Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, you know, Simmons. I think. I mean, I, I can't knock him. He's an <laughs> athletic freak. freak. Six, six, four, two thirty. Runs a four three nine forty. I mean, his verticals off the chain. I think he had a thirty nine inch vertical. Oh lord! <laughs> I mean, he's got great. The guy's just ridiculous athlete. Whew. I mean, he's, you know, he's not. I think the misconception, though, and I mean, I'm not saying it makes him less of a prospect. He's great in his own right. But he's not Luke Keekley's replacement, quote-unquote. He's not no. going to be that Mike Backer no, that's going to, you know, clog holes and take on blocks. But I think he's better out in space. You know, he can play yeah. safety. 
can play nickel, you can uh, outside linebacker. Yeah. Think, you know, Thomas Davis or what they wanted Shaq to be, you know, yeah. playing that third linebacker, you know, allowing you to stay in your base four three defense mm-hmm. and still match up because he's athletic enough to cover guys. So yeah. you know, I think Isaiah Simmons is the class in this draft as far as linebackers. He's definitely going to be in play at seven, and that'll make a lot of Panther fans slash Clemson Tiger fans happy. So, mm. you know, I, I, you know, we'll see. It may come down to Brown or Simmons on draft day. Um, Patrick Queen from LSU is another guy. You know, probably a mid first, mid to late round, first round pick guy. Mm. Another great athlete. You know, coverage linebacker. Um, Kenneth Murray, Oklahoma. You know, he's also Sideline to sideline speed, more of a traditional linebacker than Isaiah Simmons that can play both linebacker and safety. Mm-hmm. I'd keep an eye on Murray because Matt Rule, um, in a post game interview when Oklahoma just had a lot of great things to say about Kenneth Murray and spoke to him after the game. So he's played against them twice last year, played against them probably the year before too at Baylor. So, I mean, he might be one of those familiarity picks that. Matt Rule runs with. So I think if they go linebacker early, if they want to find a starter to challenge to hear Whitehead and start next to Shaq Thompson, I think you'd be looking at uh, Isaiah Simmons, Patrick Queen, or Kenneth Murray. And then after that, I think you'll find another group of guys that could step in as rotational players and also possibly compete for roster spots and potentially reps. So we'll see. Yeah, man. Kev? Yeah, well, for me at linebacker, um, you know, I'm a guy that, you know, if nothing happened to our linebacker class, I mean, the group that we got now, um, I feel like that with the, with the coaching that we got and, and you know, what's going on, I, I wouldn't be dismayed, even with the loss of Luke Keekly. Um, You know, but, you know, as was touched on by Will, you know, Luke Keekley, there there's no such thing as replacing Luke Keekley, so... Let's just go ahead and just let that just ride on out. That's a once in a generational type uh, type of player, a true Mike um, linebacker. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, for me and for you know what I've seen and like on film, um, there's some guys out there, particularly in day three, that if we do decide to add, because I'm gonna be honest, uh, I've been big fans of you know uh, Carter Jr. and. Andre Smith, but in year three, this is pretty much put up or shut up. Uh, I know Carter has it's been someone that's, you know, was trying to get himself voted on to the Pro Bowl. And I'm like, dude, like, you, you, you're here to make the Pro, you know, I mean, on the um, Pro Bowl for special teams. Like, you're, I mean, <laughs> not the, not special teams, but, uh, you know, you're not trying to push, you know, Luke Keekley or you're not trying to push, you know, Shaq Thompson for the, you know, for their spot. So, you know, that's why for me, he kind of, eh, I'm kind of on the fence here. And even though I'm a Tar Heel fan and like Andre Smith, uh, now he does stand out on special teams. But, uh, you know, again, in year three, you know, you need to show what your value would be if you're needed, you know, to take reps in the game. So for those two guys, um, you know, I like them, but, you know, if we upgraded and moved on from them, I, I would not be dismayed at all. Uh, but yeah, just a couple of guys that really stood out on film to me that I like. Um, I like Malik Harrison out of uh, linebacker out of, out of Ohio State. Uh, now, if you're talking about a true Mike linebacker, old school, oh, this guy is it. 
When I say hit, oh, he's to me, he's he's Mr. Truckstick. He's extremely physical uh, when he finishes. Uh, Tim, you may remember <laughs> my man from the program. <laughs> oh wow! With the, with the with the makeup and all that shit. Woo. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he. No lie, like he plays with that type of intensity, and and I don't know if he's talking like that, but he's that guy that's coming up to the line. He's pointing, and you can see his mouth moving, and, and uh, that's some old. Oh, you the guy that ratted my brother out. Now he's dating a stalemate. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> from <laughs> yeah, so for me, if you like that, you know the guy that that put snot bottles in in, in people at linebacker, uh, this is definitely a guy to keep your uh, keep your eye on. Um, you know, he had Ohio State. Uh, he's um he's definitely someone that uh, would definitely show up the the uh, the run game without without a doubt. Uh, his tackle for loss production at linebacker was very high, so he's someone that's uh, that uh, when he shoots a gap, he he gets it. So. Um, he's definitely someone that um, uh, what he doesn't have in coverage skills, he more than makes up for it um, in the uh, in the in the run game. So, but he's definitely will be the more traditional Mike uh, linebacker uh, prospect. Uh, someone else that I like here that uh, I believe uh, I believe Monty first pointed him out, and uh, I started following him was uh, Willie Gay Jr. out of Mississippi State. Hmm. Uh, we're talking hmm. 6'1", 243. And uh, and Will, you can confirm it because I think you pointed it out. I think he killed it at the combine, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, he was one of the standouts as far as athletic profile, definitely. Hmm. Yeah. So um, wow, when you watch the film on this guy, Tim, if you talking about sideline to sideline with with some aggression, this this is your guy here. Uh, he's someone that um, those ones I like know, again. Uh, you know, would definitely fill that enforcer role. Um, and as athletic as Thomas Davis was, think about someone with Thomas Davis mentality, but a little bit more athletic ability. Now, um, Whoa. you know, he does have some issues. Uh, he did have a couple of suspensions um, here. You know, hey, when you're in, in college, let's we all do some stupid shit. Let's <laughs> uh, let's let's just you know leave it at that. Uh, you know, nothing that's, you know, um, of a egregious nature, but, you know, he's been, you know, you know, just had some bonehead decisions, but still managed to make it back on the team. But uh, he's someone that's uh, very aggressive, but he channels that aggression in a way that allows him not to uh, not to get uh, caught out on a play. Uh, so he's definitely someone that for whatever reasons, um, he could be a late day two pick, but definitely if he's there in day three, um, definitely tremendous value. Um, if, uh, if there's anything I think he could improve on is possibly process, learning how to process to play a little bit faster, but that would come with great film study and, um, and things like that. So, but he definitely has the tools to, I believe if he, you know, hadn't gotten into the trouble he got in, he'd definitely be a lot higher on the board, um, here. And, uh, finally at linebacker, um, you know, we got to head back to, uh, you know, some also call it linebacker. You, you know, Penn State holds that claim. Let's let's head back to South Beach. You know, there's a linebacker down there by the name of Shaquille Quarterman. Uh, this is a dog. I mean, <laughs> you, we're looking at 6'1", 241 pounds. 
Uh, yeah, again, your 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 classic Mike linebacker, but this guy can cover. Uh, he's definitely someone that started all four years in Miami. Uh, he's a two-time team captain. Uh, he definitely has leadership ability. Uh, he's uh, he does a great job of shedding blocks. Now you thinking, well, if he's like that, why is he considered you know so far um, you know down? Because a lot of teams have him projected as a uh, day three uh, player. Um, you know he does have some inconsistencies that that kind of stand out. He can disappear at times, but he's someone that when he's locked in and tuned in, he's making plays. Um, he definitely uh, is a special teams guy as well. Uh, is his profile has been suited that he could be a three, four inside linebacker. Uh, but he's also put his hand in the dirt, came off the edge and been highly effective as well. So those are the linebacker prospects that uh, I like. And I think would, uh, you know, would be definitely intriguing to us. Indeed. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. That's, that's one position. I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, what are we going to do? What, what are we going to do? Um, so corners. Now we'll, we'll we'll go corner safety instead of just the defensive backs as a whole. We'll we'll, we'll chop it up to corner safety. Um, of course, we've lost Bradbury. We still got D Hardhead Jack, <laughs> aka What's Coach doing? I can't run that fast. <laughs> Boy, stop lying. Get your ass in position like you're supposed to. Anyway, um, so there's some. Really comparable defensive backs in this draft. So, uh, Will, which way would you go? First and foremost, it all starts with Jeff Okuda out of Ohio State. I think he's going to go number three to the Detroit Lions. But mm. stranger things have happened. I think he'll, I mean, he probably, along with Derek Brown and Isaiah Simmons, be probably the guy to bet on if you were a betting man to, put money on for the Panthers to take it seven if they're available. I think those three guys are could be get their name called um, next week. I mean, he's just the most complete corner. He comes up and tackles, man, zone. He can do both. Primarily press bail type corner. I think Josh Norman, 2015, very long, athletic, great instincts, can uh, understand route concepts. And that's, I think that's just, you know, he just reminds me so much of Josh in his prime, Josh. I think you know, he won't have that same learning curve that Norman had, and I think he'll be, you know, consistently give you that 2015 as opposed to the ups and downs. You know, Josh, you know, kind of freelanced a little bit and got in the doghouse with the coach, and I guess that kind of carried over to Washington. But mm-hmm. you know, when he was on his game, and he was arguably one of the best corners in the league and had one of the better seasons at that position. So I think the corner class starts at the top with Jeff Okuda, who I think is um, bought up draft boards considerably, who I really like. And uh, apparently, you know, NFL executives and scouts like him even more than I did. And he's getting buzzed as a top 10 pick. And today, Matt Miller had mentioned that he, the Carolina was, and Jacksonville were two teams that were considering him in the first round at picks seven and nine is CJ Henderson, the second best cornerback in the draft. Uh, he, Teams that prefer C.J. Henderson, they like his man cover skills. He was one of the um, – he's very effective. He can shadow your best receiver, walk them all across the field and, you know, free up your defense and allow them to be flexible. So 
I was like, whoa, pick seven. Is he really one of the seven best players in the draft? How would we feel if we pass on a Simmons or Brown or somebody for TJ Henderson? But then I thought about it. You know, if Phil Snow wants to, you know, be more aggressive on defense and play more press coverage and be more, you know, have a corner that can follow Julio Jones around and, you know, let other guys do their thing, maybe he's going to prefer a man cover guy like C.J. Henderson versus the press bail guy like Jeff Okuda. So I wouldn't be opposed to it. I still think, you know, he'll be an option there, but I don't think he'll be the number one choice at seven. But, you know, it would be nice to have a corner that can do what C.J. can do as far as, you know, taking on your best receiver and mirroring them. So I think that's where you get with your first round. I think after that it kind of, you know, drops a little bit. You got guys like Christian Fulton, another good man cover guy, and he comes from LSU, DBU. That's what they do there. So, I mean, if he's there at 38, you know, maybe you can go, instead of C.J. Henderson at 7, you can go Derek Brown at 7, and maybe a Christian Fulton might be there at 38, and you still address both needs that way. Uh, so he's another solid option. And then you got other guys like uh, Jeff Gladney, uh, Bryce Hall from Virginia, a big, tall corner, might be, you know, lengthy, more of a zone type guy with the with his um, build and athletic profile, and he might be a steal because he had a serious injury last year, so his medical grade might drop him down boards. Considering that teams can't really get good physicals on guys with what's going on in the world, um, and then the Panthers have had a lot of meetings with some day three um, tight corners this week. I mean, Stanley Thomas Oliver from FIU. Is a guy they met, um, Amik Robertson from Louisiana Tech, very feisty, little aggressive guy, 5'10", nickel corner. So, I mean, if they bring him in, he'll probably move him inside and have Dante and maybe another free agent on the outside or a guy that they draft earlier if they double down. Who else did they meet with? Chris Williamson, a bigger 6'1", nickel from Minnesota, played in the same secondary as Antoine Winfield, Mm. made some great plays, you know, checked the Penn State game. Um, watch to see what he can do. And it was one more corner they met with. I just can't think of his name right now, but they're meeting with a lot of guys day, you know, day three pick type guys to probably add depth to that position and get more talent in that room. Right on, man. Right on. Kevin? Well, you know, with me being a trash guy, I got to be honest, I got to think, you know, my partners in the Foreman Rush, such as Will and um, and Monty for, you know, being able to, and also um, our college guys, um, Vince and uh, Jadarius, you know, for having me to train my eye and learn how to, you know, be able to appreciate, you know, uh, the you know the secondary better. And, you know, personally, I think, uh, you know, I've, I've spotted some nice guys that uh, we end up, you know, putting out on Twitter and uh, particular Vince Holmes. Um, here and uh, I, I definitely think that there's some. If we're ever going to rebuild our secondary, this is the draft to do it. Mm. Uh, you know, um, I mean, I'm talking about all the way around, particularly at cornerback, because not only is James Bradbury gone, but uh, we did not resign Ross Cockrell, uh, who was very solid for us. Uh, we did not resign JV and Elliott. So tell me, Panther fans, outside of Dante Jackson, who are our cornerbacks right now? <laughs> you know that'll make a great question for Jeopardy. You know uh, <laughs> who is it? That. 
And, you know, with a passing lead, you easily need five good corners, possibly six for depth because, you know, at any given time, we've seen, trust me, we've seen that, uh, you know, if any little nagging injury to cornerback, one or two, and, you know, we're we're scraping the bottom of the barrel hard. So I'm, I'm all for not only getting, you know, starter um, starter cornerback caliber players, but also, you know, grabbing a couple of depth players as well. Uh, you know, heck, you know, even in, um, when I'm doing my mock drafts, I see myself getting two or three cornerbacks in a safety. So uh, I definitely uh, I definitely think this draft class, along with defensive tackle, I think cornerback is just as deep and talented as well. Um, someone that I would see is uh, if we miss out on the uh, Okuda and Henderson, someone that I like that I saw when I you know kind of was watching Okuda was his uh, running mate um, at Ohio State. Um, and his name is uh, Damian Arnett. Uh, he's a uh, six foot, 195 pounds. Um, he's a senior. Uh, he's someone that definitely has very quick feet and athletic. Uh, he's very aggressive. He's your, uh, uh, he's your, he's your also a, a good man to man corner as well. I noticed that his hips are able to flip real quick. Um, and he's very, very physical. So, you know, we're going to be running a lot more man. Um, he's someone that, you know, if we missed out on the A plus with uh, uh, with Okuda, uh, his partner Damon Arnett would definitely uh, be someone in day two that I, I I would not have a problem with us drafting because he's definitely a a very solid B plus. Um, I, I like his skill. I like the his ability. Um, he has several pass breakups um, as well. So and he has good instincts. So he's just someone that uh, that I like, and I think that is going to be someone. Uh, the lookout. I looked up his NFL comparison, and believe it or not, uh, his comparison came up to uh, Darius Slay, uh, who, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, secured the bag uh, this past all season. So mm-hmm. uh, he's definitely someone that uh, would be uh, someone worth taking a look at, and I think it's going to be an impact player in this league. You know, where everybody's talking about Okuda, his running mate is uh, going to also um, have a solid career as well. Uh, but yeah, if you move it on down. Uh, a little bit on there. There's, like I said, there's just so much talent at the cornerback spot. Someone else that stood out to me, for you Clemson fans, uh, I like A.J. Terrell, uh, 6'1", 190-pound cornerback. Uh, he's someone that fits the athletic profile. Uh, one of his strengths is uh, pattern matching. And, uh, you know, if you go back to our YouTube videos that we've done in the past that we've done, you know, when we're breaking down, you know, our coverages, you know, pattern matching is something that, uh, it's a skill that a lot of cornerbacks take a few years to develop. And this is a guy that does that, you know, well coming out of college. Uh, he's someone that has great range and he's long and, um, you know, he's a decent tackler. He could be better, you know, but uh, he's definitely something he can improve on. But uh, he's definitely someone that, um, that with three, since, three seasons at Clemson, he was someone that he's got a high ceiling and he can definitely make plays. Um, his NFL comparison was actually uh, Drake Kirkpatrick. So, you know, you take that as you like. Um, another guy that I've liked, and I didn't realize this school puts out such NFL caliber, comes from Utah. Uh, his name is Jalen Johnson, uh, six foot, 190 pounds. Uh, again, he has this at this high athletic profile that fits what we lead. Um, just as uh, C.J. Henderson, Jalen Johnson was someone that whoever was your best receiver, he followed. Uh, he was a guy that's like, hey, I got this guy. Y'all do what y'all got to do. I got him. Um, he, he definitely, 
uh, has that swagger that you're looking for. Um, he, he likes to be a paymaker. Uh, his ability to uh, recognize routes really stands out, and he uh, takes advantage of it as well. And he's also someone that can also play um, zone coverage as well. So he's not just all man, so he has that versatility. So he's definitely someone um, in day two that could be a uh, uh, option. His NFL comparison was uh, actually Vontae Davis uh, here as well. Uh, but just real quickly to wrap it up, a couple of the guys that I like that we got some ties in. Um, I like Harrison Hand. He's a cornerback out of Temple. Um, he was recruited by Matt Rule, and uh, he's someone that's, uh, if we're going to be a zone team, uh, he's a ball hawk uh, playing in the shallow zones. He's someone that has good hands. He processes quickly. Um, he actually, you know, shows his football IQ to allow him to make plays on the ball. So he's someone that's uh, definitely worth looking out for. Um, another guy that stuck out that's going to be a day three guy um, for those that like the big corners. Uh, yeah, this name is going to trip you out, but it's Lamar Jackson, <laughs> cornerback out of Nebraska. He's 6'2", uh, 206 pounds. Uh, very good athlete. Not it's not elite, but uh, still very good athlete. But uh, he's, he's got feed, speed, folks. He can... Uh, he can get up and go with the best of them. There's no blowing past him. So uh, he's someone that's very good in press coverage. Uh, going to have to learn how to play zone, but uh, he's definitely someone that that uh, stood out to me as well. So, you know, these are just some cornerbacks that, um, that I particularly like that I've been um, following and learning about that uh, I think would be, you know, players to be on the lookout for. Now, of course, we got Trey at the safety position, and uh, Mr. Reed has given has been given his walking papers. So, um, and I know you guys mentioned before that you know getting getting Simmons could actually plug in uh, at the safety position. Um, shit, he's he's probably he'll probably be second fastest on the on the defensive side of the football to uh, DJX. Um, so, I mean. It, who knows? I mean, but outside of Simmons possibly playing safety, who else? Who else is a good safety prospect? Man, just the thought of that is crazy. You have a six four, two hundred and thirty line pound linebacker. Do it step for step with Dante Jackson. Do it. Do it. Do it. Anyway, back to the safety <laughs> prospects. <laughs> I think you'll see safety come in play day two. I don't think. The seventh pick will be spent even close on a safety. Yeah. Um, Xavier McKinney, uh, you probably got, got a 1A, 1A type situation. Do you want a consistent player that can play in the box, um, give you, you know, consistent week-to-week play with the, uh, Xavier McKinney, but he doesn't have the highest athletic ceiling? Or do you go with a Grant Delpit, who's a ball hawk, incredible range, great athleticism, you know, played for LSU. But, you know, he's, had a injury riddled senior year, so kind of um, red flags with tackling came up. wasn't really as consistent. But if you watch his junior tape from 2018, I mean, he was probably a top ten prospect in the entire country headed into the season. He just had a injury plague senior year, so I think at 38, you can possibly see somebody like Del Pitt or McKinney. Um, you get further down the list, you got Jeremy Chen, incredible athlete. I think he's from Southern Illinois, I want to say. Kev can correct me on that. 
But he's um he tested at the combine extremely well. A versatile safety can play single high or in the box. And he's just shot up draft boards. Unfortunately, he didn't have to have a pro day to kind of improve his stock. But another name to keep your eye out on, uh, Kyle Duggar. Um, now this, you know, look at I read the, you know, draft scoop all the time. You know, Marty Herney personally made several trips throughout the season to Lenore Ryan, and apparently the Panthers are very interested in Kyle Duggar. So if he's on the board, let's say, you know, round, I think we got the 69th pick round three, you know, Kyle Duggar might be in play right then and there. So that's a guy to keep an eye on. It's nice to keep the Lenore, the Lenore Ryan guy end up being a Carolina Panther. That'll be kind of cool. Small school kid coming to play for the hometown team. Um, who else we got at safety? You got, we got Chen, Duggar, McKinney. Dale Pitt, Antoine Winfield is another guy I want to talk about. His father played for the Minnesota Vikings. He played for the University of Minnesota. You know, another, he tested very well. I think people were concerned that he wasn't, have the athletic profile to justify a high pick. He blew the combine out of the water. Some people have him as safety one or safety three. He could be a second round pick and another option at 38. So I think you can find a quality starter as deep as, Round three at safety in this draft to add to the room and compete with Trey Boston and uh, Justin Burris. Mm. Man. Kev, what you got, bro? Well, as far as safeties here, um, again, this is a position that, um, and just to court, uh, the verify that we, yeah, uh, Jeremy Chen is from um, Southern Illinois. Um, well, so yeah, that's definitely the school where he, uh, uh, where he came from. Uh, now, uh, just, a, uh, something that you said, Tim, uh, as far as like, as far as safeties that we got, yeah, we did resign Trey Boston, but someone else that we signed in the off season that, uh, Matt Rule seemed to be high on is, uh, I believe his name was what, Justin Harris, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Will from Cleveland. I think he's, uh, yeah, someone Burris. That, Burris, yeah, that's it. Mm. Yeah, he's someone that um mm. that they seem to like. So, but uh, I, I definitely have no problem adding um, adding safety uh, position to it. Even though we do have guys that I like that's been on the practice squad, like a Quinn Blandon, and um, you know, I, I definitely like to see this coaching staff get a hold of him because you know he's a former All American. Uh, you know, just been on the practice squad the last two years. So, uh, but as far as the players in this particular draft. Uh, that I like, uh, someone that's uh, out on the West Coast that a lot of people really aren't familiar with, but I think will be when he gets to the league, is uh, Ashton Davis, safety out of California. Uh, he's someone that can play uh, either or, so he's interchangeable. Um, here he can, um, you know, he can play single high safety. He can play cover two man uh, safety. Uh, he's someone that's, Got a high football IQ. He's he's rarely out of place. Uh, he's someone that uh, brings that brings a pop when he hits, but he also makes plays on the ball as well. So when you think of you know the type of safety that's needed in the NFL uh, today, he's definitely someone that uh, has a skill set that's definitely going to translate well uh, to the NFL. Uh, like I said, he's not overly athletic, but he's definitely. Uh, moves well. He definitely takes pride in, in um, studying film to get himself in position uh, to make plays. So I think he's someone that 
could be an option in um, day two. Uh, he has good footwork. Um, he can match up against tight ends and running backs as well. Uh, and just a very, just a very tough guy. Uh, I definitely like, uh, I definitely like what I saw on film about him um, as well. Uh, another safety that, uh, that I like is, uh, you know, again, let's, let's go back down I-85 to Clemson, uh, Kavon Wallace. Uh, this is the Swiss Army Knife player that, uh, that I like that I ain't gonna lie. Every time I do a mock draft, I'm, I'm always getting this guy. I just, I just like what I saw on film with him, you know, just like with Isaiah Simmons, this guy also played about, uh, uh, four different positions in the Clemson defense. Uh, he also played both safety spots. Uh, he also lined up at nickel corner and I've seen him a few times, um, uh, you know, on the outside as well. And he's a very, very effective blitzer. So, uh, just think of someone who's a faster, more athletic version of, uh, Captain Munlin as far as skill set, but with the ability, uh, uh, to play safety. Um, but, uh, he's someone that, uh, uh, that if you put in the center of the field, um, he would be like that robber role type, kind of like Kurt Coleman was in 2015. Um, he he definitely someone that gets a lot of opportunities to get his hand on the ball, and yeah, he's uh, he's just someone that's real. Uh, if, he, if there's a word to use from him, just real scrappy, and he's got a high football IQ because, like I said, on any given play, he's he's covering a wide receiver deep, 30 yards downfield. He's coming 15 yards downfield on a on a delayed safety blitz. Uh, you know he's he's covering wide receivers, running backs, tight ends. Uh, his versatility is definitely something that I think that along with his speed and athleticism, because uh, he definitely is someone that tested real well. Uh, that would be a, a very nice asset uh, to uh, to have on your team. So he's uh, someone that I I'm particularly uh, got a little uh, quote unquote romance for as far as, as far as draft picks at safety. Um, another guy for keep going down I eighty five is uh, in Athens, Georgia is a uh, J.R. Reed. Uh, I believe this is a guy that uh, I don't know if it was you, Will, or Monty, but pointed out. I kind of started watching him. Uh, it may have been Larry because you know he lives in Georgia and he sees a lot of Bulldog games. But uh, this is someone that definitely stands out on film. Uh, He's classified as a box safety, but I've seen him have the ability to be more than that. Uh, but he's definitely someone that if you got at the line of scrimmage, um, he's going to make plays. Uh, he can blitz. Uh, he can cover. Uh, he can tackle. Uh, he, he has ability to recognize plays and, and schemes. Um, he's someone that even though he's a safety, he, uh, he does a good job avoiding um, getting uh, blocked as well. Uh, he's someone that also will be an asset on your special teams as well in all four phases. Uh, but the main thing I like about him is that he plays aggressive, but he controls it and he allows himself to be in a position to make plays. So, um, you know, he's someone that I, I really think would be a, uh, a good fit to add uh, to to um, to our team if we're in position. Um, you know, some things can be coached up on and refined, but uh, nothing too overly concerning. Um, if you had to label him, you know, he is a strong safety uh, slash, uh, if we was to use the Rivera term, big nickel um, type. Uh, but he's definitely someone that uh, has a role to play. And um, if, if you uh, if we were to grab this guy, he would definitely someone that have uh, value to our secondary. So 
those are guys that I that I like that I've seen on film at safety. <laughs> oh man. Hey, Panther fans, go back and rewind this and listen to it again because this is the, probably the most detailed breakdown on, on defensive prospects for the Panthers that you probably heard. I, I put money on it, to be honest with you. Um, so now you know. This is what we have. This this these are these are the players that you should be looking out for um for this for this draft for uh, the twenty twenty. Uh, NFL season that I, I hope comes to play. Um, great job, guys. Thorough as hell. If you guys haven't been to our website, please do, because uh, we got some more articles on these guys, on these prospects, and um, things of that nature that, that pertain to the Panther franchise. And uh, you probably want to check that out. You probably want to check that out. So, any parting shots, gentlemen? Yeah, we need to cover kickers. Ah, uh, you know. Hour long breakdowns on kickers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> now we still got a uh, Slay Man coming back, don't we? Yeah, we got Joy Sly and um, Sly. we know going to try to uh, earn his job back as well. So oh, yeah, after that surgery. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well. well, I mean, if we if we draft a kicker, we'll let you know who it is. Because <laughs> we always let you know what's going on. Shoot, that's why you're here in the first place. Tell your friends, tell your family. Four-man rush is here to get it done. We cover it all. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. So, um, on behalf of Kevin, Will, and myself, uh, we'd like to thank you guys for checking out the Four-Man Rush podcast once again. Um, We are episode number 54 now. And uh, going into the draft. Um, episode 55 man it's gonna be good good stuff good stuff um please make sure you check out our website the fourmanrush.com that is www.thefourmanrush.com um if you're not checking out um kevin uh, facebook live on the uh four man rush podcast post game you should be um more detailed breakdown on, on uh, what we went over tonight and um uh, Taking taking questions uh, from uh, the fans live, man, right there in front of your face. Ah, dig it. Um, of course, check us out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, we'll got some more breakdowns coming coming out. Um, uh, what, what's what's your next topic, Will? We're gonna look at Robbie Anderson. Yeah, check that out, folks. Check that out. Subscribe to our uh, Four Man Rush um, uh, YouTube channel and. Uh, you get the notifications when it drops, man. It's good stuff. And, of course, we have a whole uh, season and a half of uh, film breakdown on current some current players, actually, too. So check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Um, and, yeah, appreciate you guys. Thanks. Um, please take care of yourself. Wash your hands six feet apart from uh, any, any, uh, any human being without a mask. Um, and, you know, just, just hunker down, folks. We got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. But we want to see you there when, when it's all over. When it's all said and done, and we're playing Panther football again, uh, we, we would really like to see you guys um, enjoying yourselves um, with your family and friends um, post-COVID pandemic. So, appreciate you guys. Be safe. And now, as always, keep pounding. Clear. Sorry, guys. I was, I was reading this text from uh, 
one of my voiceover buddies, man. I'm sorry. Possible I have a gig tomorrow. What's up? Which be nice. That'll work. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> man, man, y'all, good job, man. Good job. Y'all broke the hell out of that. Broke it down. Yeah, that's probably one of our longest uh, podcasts during the off season. I believe you're right. Uh, including some of the IG Live, we're going to wrap two hour mark. The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you.